Today's date is December 23rd, 2022. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Now Jesus went to the desert 40 nights and 40 days When he got tired and hungry To his father he would pray But the devil came to Jesus Said if you want to be fed Why don't you turn these big old worthless stones to bread Get behind me Satan Jesus said get behind me Satan Jesus said get away from me Satan Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil, he took Jesus to the temple up on top. And he said, if you are the Son of God, jump off of this roof and drop. For the scripture says that angels will slow your falling down. They'll gently put your feet back on the ground. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil he took Jesus to a mountaintop to show All the cities and the nations and the kingdoms here below And the devil he told Jesus you can have all that you see If you will just bow down and worship me Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, he said, don't tempt the Lord Hello, everybody, and welcome to This is an Official Godcast. This is episode one. Thank you all for being here. Uh, my name is Ron Johnston, and I'm here with Mike's and Mary. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really good. Good. Thank you, Ron. Hi, Mary. Oh. Hi. Well, glad you guys could make it. I know we made it finally. <laughs> uh, well, if uh, if I could, let me introduce you guys. Sure. Uh, just for those who may not know you, um, if if anybody asks me, you know, like who's this Mike's? I guess I would have to say soccer style kicker graduated from hastings high father of four husband of one child of god a deacon at our church member of our jail ministry team an accomplished musician and one heck of a singer mike can Whoa. you sing us something 
<laughs> Preferably in the key of cat. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know you knew that much about me, Ryan. Uh, Mary, funny. I won't embarrass you as much. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Uh, Mary is such a wonderful person. We met at the Big Little Bear Show. We actually met right here in Bards Nation at Everett Show. Yeah. And uh, we've been having a great conversation ever since. Uh, Mary's got a great sense of humor. Uh, I say that because she laughs at all my jokes. Uh, <laughs> she's got a love of Jesus, an excellent knowledge of scripture and food. Her faith in God is unsurpassed and... A uh, question for everybody out there. Has anybody ever played Bible trivia on Kilted Christian? You don't want to play against Mary. She's got the fastest fingers in the house. Yeah. Mary, I'm so glad you're with us. Thank you for being here. Mike, thank you for being here. So Anything for you, bud. Well, um, before we get too crazy and ahead of ourselves, that's... Uh, I think it's a great idea to honor Father first. Uh, Mike, would you please give us a good prayer tonight? Yes, sir. Father, thank you for this time that we can come together to listen to Ron's testimony. Lord, I'm I'm thankful for Ron. Um, he's a great friend, Lord, and it's been a real privilege to see all the work that you've done in his life. In these last five years that I've known him, I've watched him grow. And uh, he's been a real encouragement to me. And um, I pray, Lord, that his testimony would be encouraging. I'm sure it will be and bring glory to you because that's all that matters. That's why we were created, Lord, is to bring glory to you and to worship you, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you would soften the hearts of the minds, um, hearts and minds of the people who are listening tonight. And we're thankful for them that they can be here. And um, we're thankful for Mary and her hard work that she's put into this podcast. And I pray, Lord, that you continue to bless her as well. And uh, just just be with Ron as he gives his testimony. We just pray, Lord, that you'd be honored. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Sure. Uh, if I could, I would like to dedicate this episode to Nancy R. I see there's a lot of Bards Nation here uh, in chat. And for those who don't know, Nancy passed away. She's with Father tonight, smiling down on us. And um, well, I just want to say, Nancy, we love you and we miss you. And this one's for you. Also, I would like to pay homage to the other Godcasters. Um, that brought inspiration to Mary, Mike, and I, namely Bards Nation, uh, Scott Casterson, who hosts Bards FM, Duncan, Livin, Jeff, who I call teacher, and special thanks to Conley. Thank you all so much for your encouragement. And also Everin of the Big Little Bear Show, we love listening to you. Nikki Knight, your encouragement, uh, your your Bible studies in the morning. I don't catch them all, but I not live. I, I'm working typically, but I, I do catch all the recordings. And of course, Echoes, Echoes, I love your laugh. It brings so much joy to my soul every time I hear you laugh. Uh, I just want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart. I love you guys. You are all truly doing God's work. So thank you. Um, the reason 
the big reason why we're why we're all here is to encourage others. This world that we're living in right now, incredibly evil, is just running rampant, and it's as if the veil has been lifted lately. They're just not hiding anymore. This world, it's gotten so scary, especially for those of us who have kids that are raising kids or have nieces and nephews and and grandkids. I know we all think of them first. And I I don't think I've got to go into detail about what's going on in this world. I think Duncan and and Scott Bardsey do an absolute awesome job of the current events. That's not why we're here tonight. We'll always let those guys handle that. The reason that we're here is we just want to share God's word uh, with testimonies. And also our main goal is to just build up God's followers. Uh, we want to we want to walk those that are in need right to the cross so they can give their hearts to Jesus. And we, we want to bring as many hearts as we can to God and to Christ, uh, build his army and his followers. So that's what we're doing here in case anyone is wondering, what are we all doing here? What's going on here tonight? Well, that's what we're doing. So uh, really easy format of the show. We're going to do testimonies every Friday at 7. And I'm going to give mine tonight. Mary's will be next Friday. And Mike's the Friday after that. And if there's anyone else that would like to give their testimony, please, uh, Mary's going to pop off our emails. You can get in touch with us and we'll get that scheduled up. So you can also come on the show and give your testimony. Uh, after the testimonies, we'll be doing salvation. And also throughout the show on chat, please feel free to chat in any prayer requests. At the end of the show, Mary's going to give a closing prayer. Um, and we'll we'll get all those prayer requests and prayer as well. So uh, let's begin. Uh, I'll start out, like I said, with my testimony. And just just to give you a little bit of background of me, for those that don't know me, most of you probably don't know me very well, maybe just a little, but I was saved six years ago. It was May of 2016. So I'm relatively new to this. Um, I wasn't always a Christian. Uh, To go back, I actually was growing up. I did go to church as a child. I, I never had a personal relationship with Christ. And, you know, you do so you do so through through praise and prayer and worship. But as a child, I, I never did any of those. I, I went to church, but it was more of a way just to get away from, you know, my parents, I guess, and to hang out somewhere. I, I had some friends at church. My grandmother took me to church, and my grandmother was uh, an angel. She was very involved in the church. She served there as a secretary. She sang in the choir. It, she absolutely, absolutely loved to sing. I mean, she would, she would sing hymns all day long. Is was one of the memories, great memories that I have of her. You know, she 
be singing in the car, in the kitchen. While she was cleaning the house, she, she'd sing everywhere all the time. She just had such a joy inside of her that was just amazing. And it always shined so bright. I know that, you know, from, from reading the Bible, we know and we learn that in the history of mankind, there was only one perfect person that ever sinned, and that was Jesus. But as a as a child, my my grandmother certainly fooled me. I, I could tell you, I've never I never witnessed her sin, ever. She just had such a love within her. Um, some of the things that she did included uh, shut-ins, which you know, we shut-ins were people that were too sick maybe to come to church because they were. Uh, old and could no longer become mobile or, you know, maybe they're in the hospital. But my gr- grandmother, one of the things she would do is she would visit those people just to fellowship and to pray. Um, she also did two missionaries. Um, she did a missionary in Burkina Faso, Africa, which is a pretty dangerous place to be right now. Um, I, up to five years ago, I was reading stories how they were they were pulling Christian pastors and their wives out to the middle of the street and killing them in broad daylight. It's just a very dangerous place to be right now for a Christian. Um, back then, I guess it was a little bit nicer. But she did two missionaries there. One time she went to build a church and the other a school. Um, I often wonder if those buildings are still there. Um, but uh, more about me, my, my parents were divorced when I was really very young, uh, two years old. And neither of them followed Jesus that, you know, during my lifetime. Um, but, but my grandmother was a great example. And she, she never swore or drank or smoked or I don't think I've ever even remember her getting angry. She was she was just pure love and much different from what I was used to at home. Um, I went to church from my earliest childhood memories. I was going to church up until, up until I graduated high school. My, my grandmother, she passed away a month before I graduated high school and and that's when I stopped going to church. So there's a big, huge gap kind of in the middle of my life when I wasn't uh, when I wasn't going to church. I mean, I, I, I never really considered myself saved when I was a child. I never followed Christ then. And uh, yeah, once she passed away, that was that was the end of me going to church. For a long time. Um, also going on during that time, well, uh, the, the the younger years, younger younger years of that time, I guess, so to speak. I had something pretty horrible uh, going on in my life. Uh, if I if, if I can say this, I've never given my testimony before. This is my first time. So if I, 
stumble through this at all, uh, please bear with me. Um, You're doing really good, Ron. Thank you. Also, the next thing that I really want to speak, that I want to, I need to say, I've, I've never spoken about ever before in my life, uh, something I've never told parents or uh, friends, close friends, or in any relationship. But uh, I had had something pretty horrible happening to me when I was a child. Between the ages of three and nine, I was being molested by an uncle in my family, and I was told by that uncle, you know, that if I had ever told anybody that I would get into trouble. And of course, as a kid, you know, you want to obey adults and of course you never want to get in trouble. And, and, uh, you know, he had also threatened to hurt me if I had told anyone. So I was scared through that time as well. And I don't really know why I don't, I don't have a lot of memories of it, but I remember I was around nine when it ended. And because of that, my, my, my young teenage years, I, I was a little withdrawn and, um, I felt isolated. I isolated myself. You know, I felt weird. I felt alone. I remember being scared and confused. I really didn't understand why it happened. And, you know, I'm, I'm a father now and I have two children that are in that age. And I, I can't imagine my children having to go through or experience what I had experienced at that age. You know, my, I, I don't allow my children to even see the type of content that would um, introduce them to sex. You know, we, we don't, we don't really, you know, we don't do video games and tablets and phones and, uh, you know, TV time is special at my house. It's usually snuggle time with me and the boys on the couch and we're watching a movie that doesn't have commercials because even the commercials nowadays are, are, uh, really hard to watch but uh looking back at the child that I was I can say that you know it that when that it just it ripped my soul in two you know it broke me it stole my my happiness and my childhood from me Uh, my innocence as a child uh, and, you know, even as I grew older and the time had passed, it, it affected almost every relationship that I've ever been in. It's been, uh, you know, at times difficult for me to, as I said, I've never told anybody. So it was, I've never truly really gotten close to somebody cause I've never opened up about a hundred percent of me of, of what I am or what I've been through, but I, uh, I'm sorry. When, when this happened, were, was that the same time that you were, like your grandma was taking you under her wing as far as 
know Jesus during that time of Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to church all through this time. So the Lord had you the whole time. Yes. Yeah, he did. Uh, but if I can say, you know, to the to the person who who did that to me, I, you know, I want to say, I forgive you. Yeah. I love you because God is love, but God is also wrath and judgment awaits. And, uh, you know, I, I pray for the children of the world that are going through the same thing. You know, we have, we have a really hard time for some reason protecting our children in this world. And uh, it's hard for me to understand. My children are so close under my wings that I know nobody would ever get to them. And I know Mike very well. And Mike, I know Mike is the same at his house. I know no one would ever get near his kids. We're just, we're uh, very protective of our kids. It's, uh, it's a sad world that we live in. But that, that part of my life led me to the next part of my life, which was, which was drugs. And I, I used drugs to numb these memories and the pain that was left behind from that experience. At uh, a very young age, I was 11 years old and I was, yeah, my mom and my stepdad smoked and drank. And they smoked a lot of pot and they drank a lot of beer and alcohol. And uh, I was stealing pot from them. You know, they'd go to sleep at night and I was stealing their pot and I'd roll up some doobies, some joints and, you know, go play with my friends the next day or go hide in the treehouse across the street in the woods and I'd be smoking joints. And I was doing that probably way too much and wasn't really sneaky and uh, sneaky enough about it. And eventually my mom had caught me and the, the wild thing wasn't, you know, instead of punishing me, she, she looked at those joints I was rolling and decided it was probably a, a good time to show me how to roll a proper joint, you know? So, and, and instead of a punishment, I got a tutorial on joint rolling and a conversation, you know, the conversation with my mom was along the lines of, you know, if you're going to do this, do this at home, but don't do it outside of the home. You don't want to get yourself into trouble. And, you know, we're not going to tell your grandmother about this. We're not going to tell your dad about this, but, but just that happening gave me validation that drugs were okay. And it started me off on a, on a path that continued through most of my life. Um, by the time I was 15 years old, my mother had kicked me out of the house and, um, eventually I ended up at a, at, uh, living with my cousins at my cousin's house. And he was a decent guy. He gave me roof over my head and food when I needed it and, you know, gas money or anything like that. But I, I didn't get many rules with him. So I was 
you know, living pretty wild and kind of parenting myself at 15 years old. And at that time, I, you know, smoking pot led to taking mushrooms, which, you know, led to taking acid and mescaline and hallucinogens, anything I could find. And, and, um, that went on. Luckily, I surprisingly, I was able to graduate high school and I got into college and that's, that's when I really started using drugs, um, and harder stuff too, you know, uh, cocaine and crystal meth and among other things. And, you know, uh, party atmospheres and colleges and how they go. I was, I got pretty bad, and even after college, it it continued. Uh, a lot of chemical type drugs, and then into my into my thirties. Um, when I got into my thirties, I I kind of got away from that and started really getting into pills. You know, stuff like Vicodin and Xanax and Adderall, and I like speed type pills and pain pills, and you know, I beating pills all day long. And then I'd be smoking pot all night long, just trying to fall asleep so I could wake up real early in the morning and do it all over again. And the thing about drugs is just how they controlled me. You know, it was the absolute first thing I did in the morning before my feet hit the floor. Uh, I'd get high and, you know, if something bad happened. I got high. If something good happened, I celebrated and got high, you know, if my shoes came untied. I got high. Uh, they just, they just controlled me my whole life. And, uh, and then, um, one day I blinked and, uh, I was married with two kids and I was making great money as working a lot of hours, 70 hours a week. And, not really seeing my family and doing a lot of drugs just to keep up with the hours. And it didn't take long. My marriage was failing and I was pretty depressed and could hardly function at work because of all the drugs I was doing because of just the horrible mental state that I was in. And I was at that point in my life, a, a rock bottom point. I was just completely, completely miserable. And, and then I have no idea why, but God started calling me. And at first it was, Bible tracks, you know, I would, I can remember like they go to the dentist's office or doctor's office, sit down on the lounge and grab one of the magazines on the coffee table there. And there'd be a Bible tract in it. And, uh, and I just laughed at them, you know, what a joke. And that's the way I felt about religion at that point. And things like coming back to you at that point like what your grandma had said when you were younger or you know 
when you'd see those tracks or whatever, does it kind of trigger anything from the past? You know, I don't think what my grandmother instilled in me ever left me, really. It was always in the back of my mind. It had just gotten to be a point in my life where I wasn't convinced that there was a God anymore. Um, you know, I had that, you know, if there's a God, then why, why did this happen? You know, why am I like this? Why is my life so upside down? You know, why did all these things happen to me? You know, and I was just thinking, you know, there, there's, there can't be a God. <laughs> You know, it just, I think that's the way that I felt at that time. And uh, then people started coming at me and uh, just telling me about God, about Jesus. I had a friend at, I had a friend at work. His name was Rick and we worked together on a couple things and, uh, we got along really good. I don't know what it was. We just, we just, uh, enjoyed working together and I thought he was a great guy. I don't know what he saw in me, but I, I thought Rick was just a great guy, but after projects we had worked on, he would just stop by my office to say hi, poke his head in and say, Hey Ron, how you doing? Uh, Jesus loves you, man. Yeah, have a good day. And I remember thinking, what is, where is this guy? What is this all about? You know? And uh, it became a thing with him. And it didn't take long where I had gotten annoyed about it. You know? And I'd, I'd kick him out of my office so fast. Hey, Ron, God loves you. How you doing? Get out of my office with that stuff, man. I don't believe in that. Get out of here. And uh, that went on for a little while. And as my life and my drug addiction was just getting worse and worse. I was just having a rough time at work. I was, I remember at one point I was sitting in my manager's office and bright and early in the morning waiting for my manager to come in to see if he could help me out with something that I just needed some guidance on. And my manager had an office that was all glass, like a fishbowl type. And Rick must've saw me in there. So he poked his head in and, and he said, Ron, I'm going to pray for you today. And instantly I remember I said, no, you ain't. And he said, yes, I am. I said, no, you ain't, Rick. Get out of here, man. He said, Ron, you ain't leaving this office until I pray for you. And uh, I don't know why. I just said, all right, man. All right, you got me. And he said, stand up. I stood up and he put a hand on each one of my shoulders and, and prayed for me. And it was the first time and it felt like my whole life that anyone had prayed for me. And I felt the weight of the world lift off of me. And I felt amazing. Like I was floating, walking on clouds. It just I just felt so light. I had all this weight on my shoulders, the stress of life and everything. And that prayer 
took it all away. And I can tell you the next day I came to work just looking for Rick to pray for me again. Um, and that was really the first moment of God chiseling that hardness off of my heart. And uh, it was really amazing. And I had another buddy. His name was Shane. Shane I knew from a long time before. He didn't work with me. I knew him for a long time before. We used to work together, Shane and I. We used to travel uh, together quite a bit, working together. And we, we traveled from one side of this country to the other. And we used a lot of drugs together and partied in a lot of hotels. Of course, you live in the hotels. You live on the road. And uh, what we were doing. And uh, Shane found out where I was working. He come to see me. And I remember when I first seen him and he walked in instantly and something was different about him. I knew it. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a haircut or a new pair of shoes. It was, it was him. It was demeanor, his demeanor. I just, I've never seen him so bright and shiny before. And. I've never been afraid to ask anybody questions. I asked him what it was, you know, what's going on? What, you know, what, what has changed about you? And he told me he found Jesus. And my life was so rotten. And looking at him, I wanted what he had. And Shane prayed for me. He prayed for me. And I just sat there and cried. And it was just another one of those messengers God was shoving at me, you know. And there was another guy, a customer of mine. It kills me. I can't think of his first name. I've, I've got him in my phone as Brother Davis. And uh, I call him every couple of years just to, just to let him know how I'm doing. And uh, let them know I'm still on the narrow path, you know. Uh, but we had probably about 10 interactions together. Um, he was a customer of mine. And about the third or fourth time I'd, I'd you know, talk to him, I, there was just something different about this guy. I just, I really, he was just like Rick, just someone that I just really and really enjoyed and got along with. He was a genuine person. So many people are um, are not. And I actually met his wife at one time, and she had told me that just a side story that their their seven year old son had died on a football field playing football, and Mr. Davis held his son while his son took his last breath. And it had happened a few years before I met him. And you would, you would never know that from meeting him. He just had a joy in front of And he just had a joy inside of him that didn't portray that. You'd think most people would have this huge chip on their shoulder. Um, but it's not something that was evident from meeting him, which... You know, it just speaks volumes about who this man was. But one day he come to see me and he just, he must have saw that look that I had, you know, 
and uh, he knew it was time. He walked in and he said, he said, Ron, will you receive Jesus in your heart today? And I said, yes. He said, come on out to my car with me. Come on outside. And uh, we walked outside and he was so excited. He, uh, he got his Bible out. He's flipping through it and he, he, he could find what he was looking for. So he called up his pastor. He's like, pastor, I got here with me, Ron. And he's ready to receive Jesus, man. What, what's that verse I'm looking for? And he's, oh, okay, okay. He gets off the phone and he flips over to Romans 10, Romans 10, 9 through 10. And uh, Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And uh, I'm reading out of the... Uh, New Living Version, I, and and I'm doing that just because if there's if there's any newbies out there, it's it's a lot easier to understand than King James. Sometimes it could be a little too deep for the newbies, and uh, I like to read it too. Uh, it's easier for me as well. But he, he read that to me, and I says okay, and he said, uh, "Well, do you believe that Jesus is Lord?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, well, then confess it with your mouth. I said, Jesus is Lord. He said, do you believe that he died on the cross and was raised from the dead, that God raised him from the dead? I said, yeah. He says, well, then say it. I said, I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for our sins and that God raised him from the dead. He said, do you believe it in your heart? I said, yeah, I do. He said, then you're saved. I'm like, I'm saved? He said, yeah, it's that easy. Like, that's it? Awesome. That's yeah. so awesome. That's not even pain. You know, that was painless. I should have did this a long time ago. Like, and, uh, and I was so excited. I was so excited when I got done, you know, hugging him. And then uh, I ran back into my office. And, and uh, this is the best part of my testimony, okay? This, this is what I want everybody to hear. I was so excited, I called up Rick. Now, Rick's the guy that laid hands on me and prayed the first time. I called up Rick, and I said, Rick, Rick, man, Rick, you're never going to believe what happened to me today. He said, you got saved? I said, how, how did you know that? He said, brother, I've been praying for you. Awesome. <laughs> what a man of God. All right. <laughs> I know. Awesome. And we talked for a few minutes. And I couldn't wait to get off the phone. And I had to call Shane real quick before Rick called him and told him the news because Rick and Shane know each other. They actually go to went to the same church at the time. And I call up my buddy Shane, the other guy who prayed for me in my office. He prayed and I was crying. Um, I called Shane up and I said, Shane, you're never going to believe what happened to me today. He said, you got saved. I'm like, did you talk to Rick? How did how do you know this? And he said, he said verbatim, brother, I've been praying for you. <laughs> God had him in cahoots the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't kidding. And 
you know, so if, if you've ever been with me in chat or if you've ever had conversations and have heard me say that prayer is powerful, I'm living proof, that's why I say it. I had two people that loved me dearly praying for me. And, and that's why I'm here today. You know, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for those guys. Uh, if it wasn't for God working through those guys. And, uh, and you know, that, that led to some big change in my life. It's, it's, it's one thing to get saved, to give your heart to the Lord, but it means nothing if you don't change and you don't change your ways at all. And, and I, I did some changing at that point and some things I changed instantly. Some things were over time and there's some things that I'm still changing. Um, but I don't get high anymore when I get upset. You know, when, when something bad happens, I go to God. When something good happens, I go to God. You know, I, I don't grab that pipe anymore. I turn to Christ and I pray to him. I have conversations with him. I have a deep relationship with him every day. And I'll tell you when I really turned the corner, when I, when I really changed is when I learned to forgive. And that's, that was really the hardest part for me. Um, the hardest thing for me to do was to change. And you have to understand someone is someone as wretched as me. Like, how can I not forgive others. I'm not so perfect myself. You know, I, I had to forgive for me, for me to heal. And now my life is God. It's my kids and it's keeping my heart in line with Christ. And I slip. I'm human. I sin. I struggle with my sin every single day in my life, but I am constantly asking God for forgiveness. I'm constantly self-assessing to do and to be better. Um, And my kids, I'm just, I'm constantly discipling my children. And just to put a strong foundation underneath them, I know that, you know, we, we never know when we're going to go to father. So I, I've, I got to make sure that my kids build their house on the rock just in case I have to step out tomorrow, you know? And one thing I've, I, I've learned of, if I'm asked, I, I never say no to father. Um, and that's why I'm here now. Uh, he asked me to be here. He asked me to do this. And it's one of the things that I've had to grow into. I wasn't always so willing to serve. Uh, you want to hear how God's got a sense of humor? I was telling Mary this last week. You know, he, I had a guy at church. He'd come at me and he said, hey, man, I need you to help out and do something. And I said, oh, man, I can't help. You know, I'm... I'm a single dad. I work a full-time job. I got all kinds of excuses. I can't, you know, 
do this. And uh, he said, all right, we'll think about it, you know. And then he asked me again, hey, man, um, I'm wondering if you uh, if you'll clean the men's bathrooms. Can you clean the men's bathrooms for us? And I'm thinking in my head, man, I don't even like cleaning my bathroom. You want me to clean up this bathroom? All these guys doing number one and number two, I got to clean all that up. And I like... Dude, I got, you know, I'm a single dad. I got excuses. I work full time, you know, and, uh, and, and this is God's sense of humor right here. Cause I, I remember when I had changed, I said, I'm not even going to ask what it is next time. I'm just going to say yes, because (laughs) if God wants me to do something, I have to be faithful. I'm just going to do it. And, (laughs) and so I remember thinking in my head, you know, from here on out, I'm saying yes. And thank God I, I dodged that bullet of cleaning the men's bathroom, you know. And the next time this guy comes up and he says, hey, I need you to do something for us. I said, yes, I'll do it. No problem. Whatever it is. He says, I want you to clean the men's and the women's bathroom uh, downstairs at the church. And I was like, well, you got me that time, God. <laughs> I think I get out of doing the guy's bathroom. Now you got me doing the guys and the girls. That That's a good one, Lord. Thank you for that. Uh, you taught me a lesson, you know, but, but that's why I'm here. Uh, be faithful to God. If he tells you that you need to do something, you get up and do it. it this is not my wheelhouse. Ask Mike. I, I, I barely know how to turn. Mike, how good am I with the computers at work and the passwords? How many times I, Mike's got the computer set up at work to where I don't have a password <laughs> because I, I don't even know how to turn these things on. You know, I got this interface going and this mic. This is not me. I mean, I this is not me. But when God says do it, you do it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a Sunday and Wednesday thing. It's a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday thing. You know, it's uh, part of the reason why I love these podcasts so much is because you can only fill up so much on Sunday and Wednesday and those rest of the days, man, I get really thirsty and I love to be surrounded by the word. And I love surrounded by uh, other Christians and other good people. And, and the encouragement that I get from these podcasts, I hope that I can give that back. And, and that's where I'm at. That's uh, I'm just, I'm always trying to do better. It's a constant walk. Once you're saved and you give your life to God, um, it's a constant walk. You're not going to change overnight. Some of it's a process. Um, and this walk, it, it doesn't end until the day you pass. There's always room to be better, to do better. And that's where I'm at. That's, uh, that's, that's my testimony. I think that process is called sanctification and it's a, it's a lifestyle. You got to, it's very, it's like uh, Dr. Leo Marvin's baby steps. <laughs> oh, I love Dr. Leo Marvin. I'm a fan too. Doesn't. So, uh, well, you can thank tell you. Your, your love for the Lord. I mean, it's just so evident on you that, um, you know, it's really inspiring. So I just, it's good to hear the story behind it now, but it's so evident that God is working through you. So thank you. Yes, thank oh, you. Thank you for listening. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, guys. Thank you, girls. I appreciate that so much. 
Um, so if, uh, if, if you're looking for purpose and answers and love, that is what Jesus is, you know, look no further. Um, if, if there's anyone here tonight that is in need of receiving Christ in their heart and becoming saved, becoming born again, I want to encourage you to hit that call button and we can do that right now. Uh, very easy. Just what brother Davis did with me. We can read Romans 10, nine, 10 together. Uh, I also have a prayer of surrender set up that we can say together. I can say it, you can repeat it. Um, but if, uh, if there's no one here calling in, that's fine too. Uh, if you're listening to this on a recording, you don't need me or Mike or Mary. We, we can't save you. Only Jesus can. Um, I'll, I'll leave this prayer up here for you. And if you're listening to this as a recording, you just simply need to say it with your mouth, profess it with your mouth, believe it in your heart. And it's, it's that easy. You will be saved. Um, and, and while we're waiting for call-ins, we want to talk about next week. Next week, Mary, you're going to do your testimony. Yes. Yes. I'm going to. Okay, great. Yes. I'm going to talk a little bit about how God has been working in my life as well. And um, I'm excited about it. So hopefully you can hear me. I know there's some technical we'll be issues for you, with my mic. So we'll see if we can work that out a little bit better for next time. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. All right. looks like we got a call in here from Jay Shaw. Is that correct? Yes. Jay Shaw, can you hear me? Jay Shaw, are you there? Oh, sorry, accident, no problem. Okay, so uh, if I can, no one's called in. We're going to go ahead and for anyone listening on the recordings, I'd like to read Romans 10.9 for you again. And that is, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So repeat it. Jesus is Lord. Say it aloud. Profess it with your mouth. Say aloud. Profess it with your mouth that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that God raised him for the dead. And if you could say that and you can believe it in your heart, you're saved. It's that easy. Um, also, I want to pull up this prayer of surrender. Give me a second. I'll pull that up here. Okay. So also you can say this. This is a prayer of surrender. You can find this prayer of surrender. If you go to Telegram, you can find our Telegram page. This is an official Godcast testimony and salvation page. If you'll search for that and you will see the prayer of surrender, you'll also see Romans 10, 9 through 10 on there. And the prayer of surrender, uh, if you'll repeat it, dear God, I come before you today with a humble heart 
and surrender my life to you. I believe that Jesus was born free of sin, died on the cross as a payment for my own sin, and rose three days later. I believe in your gift of salvation and eternal life because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. God, today I repent and turn from my old way of life. Because of your mercy and grace, I can have childlike faith. Today I ask for new life through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for forgiving me and making me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're at the end of the show here. Uh, we're going to wrap things up. Um, Mary, we have any prayer requests? Yeah, we had, I saw one from uh, Kitty Karen about a friend in South Florida. Um, so we'll lift, lift her friend up um, in our closing prayer. So, um, if and can you also, to... can you also pray for Duncan? Yes. Uh, his, both his mom and his father are going through some things. And of course, you know, Duncan's going to have to guide and lead that family right now. So if you could pray for Duncan, that would be awesome too. Yes. And also if you could add, uh, Nancy's family, I know her family is, uh, setting up funerals and, and, uh, doing end of life things for her right now. Okay. Sounds good. Um, Lord, first, thank you, Father, for this time that we've had together. And uh, thank you for stepping alongside of Ron tonight as he shared his walk with you. And thank you for, for all you are and all you've done in his life. And let the good work you've done in him just walk out forward in your purpose, Lord, with him. And, Lord, we also lift up our brothers and sisters who may have accepted Christ tonight. And um, even if, you know, they didn't call in, but people who might be listening or just people, you know, maybe on the, on the recording at some point, but we just want to lift them up right now. And um, we're so happy that they have decided to accept, accept you, Lord, for the first time and let their lives be a testament to your power and glory through them. And just guide them as they step forward into their new life with you, Lord. And Lord, we want to lift up... Um, our brothers and sisters here specifically for some um, things, challenges that they're having right now. And we lift up Kitty Karen's friend um, in South Florida. Um, sounds like he had an auto accident, Lord, and that he feels alone and discouraged. So, Lord, we just um, lift this friend up to you and we just um, give his heart to you right now, Lord. And um, we ask that you show Show your power in his life right now and just give him some comfort and peace and let him know that he's never alone, Lord. And just um, use this challenge that he has right now to just increase the relationship that you have with him, Lord. So Holy Spirit, just continue to work in, in her, in Karen's friend. And we ask for healing 
above all to healing, Lord, that he would have some um, relief from any pain that he might be experiencing too, Lord. And Lord, we lift up Duncan and uh, his mom and his dad and, you know, all the things that their family has been going through in these last, you know, few weeks or several weeks. Lord, we just, um, we thank you for the heart that you've given Duncan to take care of his family. And it's such a testament to your and how you work in his life. And thank you for that. And so we just want to um, pray your peace upon his family, your healing, your joy, you know, all the fruits of the spirit just um, increase in abundance in his family. And um, specifically, um, we want to pray over Duncan's mom and um, and just all those things she's going through right now with, um, Lord, we just, we just know that you, you are in control of everything. And so help Duncan to trust you even more. So even just, uh, you know, more than he could even do on his own power, Lord. Um, lift up that family. And then Nancy too, Lord, um, we miss her as our sister, but we know that she's, she's with you right now, Lord. And so we, we praise you for that, but we also lift up her family who's grieving and missing her. And, um, we just pray your peace upon her and, uh, your, her family and, um, let her life just be a testament to the work that you've done in her life too. And we can see that. And so Lord, I just ask that that, um, that goes out even farther than Bard's Nation, that everyone that was in contact with Nancy would know that the Lord was with her and that they would they would want that, just like how Ron talked about tonight, Lord, that they would want that in their life. And especially if they're looking at, um, you know, people that are at the end of their lives, Lord, and that um, we just ask that you um, give them peace in that. So, Lord, we just lift up everything to you right now in your name, always in your name, Lord, everything under your name, because we just pray in only your authority. We can't do anything on our own. It's all for you, Lord. And so I just thank you for this time that we've had together. Uh, thank you again for Ron sharing his walk with you. And Lord, we pray for anybody who might feel the nudge right now to share their testimony that you will just be a pebble in their shoe for this whole week and that um, you will just give them the courage to step into it. And we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mary. Amen. Thank you, Mary. That was beautiful. Uh, okay, we're going to close out and uh, play some music if you guys want to chat for a little while. And uh, also want to encourage if... Um, you know, one of the questions I want to pose is, you know, are, are we praying for those loved ones of ours that don't know the Lord? You know, what are what are we what are we truly doing to seek out the lost? Um, if you know somebody, please pray for them. Uh, if you have friends that, you know, are connected in social media, please uh, forward this podcast to them and let God chisel away at that hardened heart. Uh, maybe we can bring them to Christ as well. Uh, and so until next week, I hope to see you all here next week.
Uh, as I said, enjoy the music. Thank you for coming, and uh, good night. If I told you my story, you would hear hope. If I told you my story, you would hear love, but never gave up. And if I told you my story, you would hear life, but it wasn't mine. If I should speak, then
is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Oh, is Livin still here? That's for you, Evan. Oh, sorry, I couldn't resist. That was awesome. Yeah, I've been wanting to do that since I met her. It's good to get that out of the way.
most of us at some point in our lives have somebody that means more to us than anybody else has ever meant before or will ever mean again. Sometimes it's a long-legged lady if you're a man or some tall, very smooth man if you're a woman. And in some odd cases, they get kind of crossed up. We won't talk about that. But in my case, I learned how to really love somebody from not a very pretty lady, not at that point in their life, not uh, sexy at all, but just a nice old lady who used some very nice old gnarled hands to make life kind of nice for me at that time when I really needed somebody. And it wasn't after I got older and started to look around for things. It was before I even knew what I was looking for. And probably since I consider myself somebody who writes primarily, out of all the uh, things that I might have written, my favorite thing that I've written has, has to be about this favorite old lady of mine. church on Sunday morning, Grandma's hands played a tambourine so well, Grandma's hands used to issue out a warning, she'd say, Billy, don't you run so fast, might fall on a piece of glass, might be snakes there in that grass, Grandma's hands. Eyes in grandma's hands Soothe the local unwed mother Grandma's hands Used to ache sometimes and swell Oh, grandma's hands Used to lift the face and tell her she'd say Baby, grandma, understand That you really love that man Put yourself in Jesus' hands, Grandma's hands. I in Grandma's hands used to hand me piece of candy. Grandma's hands picked me up each time I fell. Oh, Grandma's hands, boy, they really came in handy. She'd say. Messy, don't you whip that boy What you wanna spank him for He didn't drop no apple core But I don't have grandma anymore If I get to heaven, I'll look for Grandma's All right, guys, that's it. Uh, we'll see you next week. Next Friday, 7 o'clock, same time, same place. We will see you then. Until then, have a great week. Love you. Thank you. Good night.